Hook em up with he and Rod P. Brought to you by Bud Light on the Horn. Let's roll on. It's a Wednesday. This is the Over the Hump Wednesday. That's where we uh, turn the page, start looking forward to the big games of the upcoming weekend. And yeah, safe to say there's some damn big ones. Texas and Oklahoma for the 119th time. Both teams 5-0. and First time they've been undefeated in this game in a dozen years. Oh, yeah. And the Longhorns, the favored side this time by six and a half. And a lot of people think that's a low number. A lot of people think that the Longhorns uh, should be favored by more than six and a half over Oklahoma. It's because of the the resume of each team, Texas. Well, and you, mean, you, I, you've talked about this at nauseum that Texas has been more battle-tested, of course. Well, and if JT Sanders is healthy, I think there's just too many mismatches for an improved Oklahoma defense, but they haven't faced an offense like this. I think that's fair to say. But um, I'd also say this, that, um, you know, I I remember when the Baylor line came out, and I remember even saying, man, this, that's not enough. Texas is going to crush Baylor. Baylor's not good. And what was that line? It was like 16. Um, yeah, Baylor was really bad. At, yeah. The backup I was like, that's not near enough. Yeah. But then when the Kansas line came out, it was kind of the same, right? It was like 16 and a half. I was like, that's about right. And I felt like that was – and I think of Jalen Daniels. I was going to say, we didn't know if Jalen Daniels – Right, and I, that, that whole line was based on Jalen playing. And if, yeah. if he had played, I think they would have covered that line, Florida – I mean, uh, Kansas, we will never know, but I think they would have. I'm with you. I think they would have. Because they Texas, kept it close enough with Jason B. Yeah, they would have. <laughs> Texas would have won the game, uh, but at the same time, it would have been inside that number in no my mind. And this one feels like uh, it's not enough. Uh, it's not enough. But this is. But, but again, in these games, you've played in them, Rod, four times. It's, it's not. Throw, the whole throw out the records cliche. It's a rivalry game, but it still comes down to the Jimmys and the Joes, right? I mean, and Texas got the Jimmys right now. Um, but. You know, in a rivalry game where you were embarrassed as the rival last year, your coaching staff was embarrassed because they mm-hmm. gave up 50 points and didn't score a point. Yeah, that 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 leaves a mark. Pride, and yeah, pride. Pride's got to be a big point here for Oklahoma. Um, I've been embarrassed in this game, and <laughs> I got embarrassed in 2000. Oklahoma on their way to winning a national title, so it was less embarrassing when I found out how good they were. <laughs> I was right. like, okay, at least it's a damn well, good and team. Well, maybe this can be that kind of Texas team, <laughs> and but. it could be potentially. But um, I do remember how obsessed our team was with that performance and with that product. I mean, you're talking about the biggest game of the year on the biggest stage against your rival, and you don't. You're a no show. Oh, it's okay to lose. Well, Everybody I, loses. I, I but to say, be a no-show in that game, and that's what Oklahoma was last year. That's what we were in 2000 when we got blown out. We obsessed about that entire offseason, about that 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 loss. And we lost the next season, but I think it was like a 14-3 to loss. Like it was a slobber yeah, knocker that was the of Roy, a game. That was the Roy Williams over-the-top Yeah, play. it was a slobber knocker of a game. Man. Hell of a game. Yeah. Sims was, you know, that was the Roy Williams, the Oof. safety over-the-top Superman play. Uh, one of the best plays ever in that, that rivalry. Uh, but so, I mean, look – and I think that that's true as far as, you know, they'll be upset. Because last year they gave in. They they showed up, but really early on in the first, in the first half they realized that they, they no couldn't shot. stop Texas. And then they, they looked at their own offense and were like, ugh. We can't move the ball. We can't even get – we're running like the, the wildcat. single running, wing here. Yeah, we're running wildcat <laughs> plays here. Yeah. And so I think the team was pretty demoralized, not, not just great. by Texas, but by their inability to have any functional offense. And so, yeah, it got really out of hand and – um, but you know, th- th- this will be a fight. But six points? I mean, I think Texas is ten points better than Oklahoma right now. I mean, mm. thirty-one twenty-one. I agree with that. Thirty-seven uh, twenty-seven. I mean, it, it, they're ten points better than this team. But you know, if you gamble, you know that uh, that backdoor cover things can happen in that. But I just think Texas is a better football team across the board. 
And uh, but can't wait to be a part of it. Can't wait to see this game. Uh, so we'll take your thoughts on where that's at. But um, this is this is the Longhorns' opportunity, as we said. I mean, I the, the Utah anything that's because I still think the Longhorns are getting some national chatter. Uh, I think the big chatter this week has been the man is Georgia overrated? Is uh, Michigan played anybody? Tell what about these other teams? Uh, if Texas wins this game, there'll be a real debate about Texas as the number one team in the country. I think there was right after the Bama game. It just died out. It just slowly, you know. Well, that's what I'm saying. Uh, yeah, because Texas subsided. played the likes of Baylor and yeah. Kansas. It was but like the, Dion sucked a lot of the attention sure. away well, and then right. other stuff. And yeah, so I D- think you're right. Dion hype was was justified and mm-hmm. great and carried September. Yeah. What I'm pointing, what I'm saying is, if Texas plays a good game, wins this game again. You know, like I think they can by ten. If they win this game by double digits, because they've already won two ranked, beat two mm-hmm. ranked opponents by double digits. They've won every game by double digits so far. If they were to win this game like that next week, and Longhorns are off next week, the, the talk will be, you know, should Texas be number one? No matter what happens anywhere else. I mean, because Georgia, I think, could be in for a dogfight with Kentucky. Um, you know, Michigan's going to play a bad Minnesota team. That game won't be close. Uh, I don't believe Ohio State plays a five and zero undefeated Maryland team, yep. uh, which will be an interesting game. But yeah, Texas that'll be the national conversation, which also puts the players on this team into national conversations for big awards. And where does this? Because you take it from a local, regional, they're pretty good conversation. Keep an eye on Texas too. Okay, this team because the rest of the schedule, they're not another ranked team on it. Um, you know, not right now. Okay, State may end up popping up on maybe, the, and they'll play Friday night on. and probably beat Oklahoma State in Stillwater. Yeah, so I think later, but you're right. I mean, that's what this game – that's the opportunity that's here to all of a sudden you become the talk of college football because, it, you know, you'll be six games in with three ranked wins, Rod. You go back to the beginning of the year when we talked about it, when you know Urban Meyer said player for player they might have the best roster in the country, um, but they're Texas and they'll stub their toe and they'll, they'll let down. Well, if they get through this first six into the bye week unscathed and in, in, in the, the fashion they have, they'll have to be. They'll have to be considered watch out because uh, – uh, they'll have checked all the boxes as far as fourth quarter team, finishing games, who's going to replace Rojo and Bijan, uh, is Quinn Ewers ready for the moment, can Steve Starkeesian you know, get this team ready. All those things will have been answered, and then you have six games to continue to play to that level, and uh, good things can happen. But obviously, the alternative of that is this would be very disappointing to lose this game if you're a Texas fan and have Oklahoma turn the tables, and they would be the team people would be talking about then, right? I mean, Well, even if it's a really close game, right? Yeah. You, you think it's going to be a comfortable win by Texas. I think a lot of Oklahoma fans, uh, they're thinking Texas is even going to win this game. They don't sound very confident either. Uh, but if it's not a, a comfortable win by Texas, it's close and it's really close, single-digit uh, one-possession game in the fourth quarter, that kind of thing, there'll still be talk that these teams are relatively close and then it's going to hurt your, obviously, your point that you're making that Texas should be considered to be the number one team in the country, and there should be more talk about Texas in the national championship conversation. If they don't win in a demonstrative way, I don't know if that conversation is going to happen yet. Right. Um, so it's all about the statement you make on that stage. Correct. And yeah. the other part of that is this could be the first of two meetings between the two this year. Yes, sir. Uh, well, I think it will be. Uh, very likely. The way which, the Big 12 And is by the way, unfortunately for this being the rivalry game, the second one would be more important. <laughs> this will be big, but the second meeting would be more important. For a championship. Because it would be for the championship, end yeah. of the year. Um, losing closer, late. Closer to losing the, late hurts oh, in college football playoff uh, chances, too. Yeah, Big time. Well, you know that, right? You guys beat Colorado in the Big 12 regular season game, and then you lost to them in the 
Big 12 championship, and it derailed a, you know, that no one cared that you beat them by 40 the first time around in 2001. And yep. this one's important for the rivalry, right. but the second matchup, if we get it, would be bigger. Uh, yeah, no, I'm with you on that. And, um, you know, it's and tough, right, yeah, tough be, to beat an opponent twice in the same year. I mean, that's, foot, that's football in a nutshell at any level. Yeah, well, we'll see. We, I mean, so many subplots, and then we got the Cowboys doing their thing too with their opportunity to uh, stake their claim in the. Because right now, the 49ers are the best team. I don't think there's any doubt about that. I mean, we talk power rankings. 49ers, 4 0, dominant 4 0, um, big road wins, big home wins now. And here comes Dallas. Dallas has that one ugly, ugly performance, that ugly mulligan at Arizona that's just uh, still inexplicable. Um, but the other three have been overwhelming performances that are dominant. almost unwatchable. Yep, dominant performances. Uh, the Jets, Giants, and uh, Patriots now. I mean, to humiliate and humble a Bill Belichick coach team, pretty damn impressive. Uh, but you still look at the 49ers as the, the premier team in the league. Jerry Jones even said it yesterday on his radio show that they're the team that looks like the Super Bowl goes through. Now, apologies to Philadelphia. They had to go to overtime to beat Washington last week. But those are your three best teams. And uh, Cowboys can make a statement if they go in there and uh, – you know, play the brand of football we've seen three times, not the one time. Yeah. No, I cannot believe that. You go look at Brock Purdy, his completion percentage in that uh, game versus Arizona. He was at 90-something percent completion percentage. Just some freaky stuff, man. Like, that's crazy. Yeah. No, he's Aaron Rodgers, in addition to calling Travis Kelsey uh, Mr. Pfizer, he also yeah. he also praised Brock Purdy and says, I'm a big fan of watching Brock Purdy. Yeah, he was at 95.2%. In a game, I understood the crowd. Yeah, what? Twenty-one of twenty-two. I like, understood what the, the hell. I understood the crowd that was like, "Well, he'll come back to earth." But I think if you actually watch Brock Purdy play, he's really good. I mean, it's especially want, in that offense. Yeah, well, the offense is perfect. I yeah. mean, anybody, any quarterback would want to play in that offense. But Jimmy Garoppolo made a lot of money, and he didn't ever look like that. Now you'd also say Garoppolo didn't have Christian McCaffrey. As, as much as Brock Purdy has had. Brock Purdy took over when Christian McCaffrey was a couple games in and Garoppolo got hurt again. Uh, but this guy's just got a, a, a knack, a, 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 an ability to just, just – he, he runs the system exactly like Kyle Shan, Shanahan would draw it up, right, yep. almost on every play. Exactly. And as you said, your buddy Shanahan, that's what he's been looking for is his, his maestro. Yeah, he wants a point guard, man. And you have to pull because he's going to call the right plays, right? Twenty-one of twenty-two. Yeah, he's got all the weapons. I don't need you to be a weapon. I just need you and to you get it say, to the. And weapon. that was an Arizona team that gave <laughs> Dak Prescott and company fits last week. Yeah, and he threw ninety-five percent completion <laughs> percentage. He is. I went and got the the number. You go look at it, man. He's now that is the fourth highest completion percentage for a quarterback with at least twenty attempts in NFL history. Yeah, it's it's impressive. Like what? Hey, nine fifteen on this uh, Wednesday, Rod. Nine fifteen, and oh, you still sucks. Let's get Rod's rant. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not gonna take this anymore. Find out what happens when people stop being polite and start getting real. You ain't keeping it real. My God! Okay, it's happening. Everybody, stay calm. Oh, no, you've got it now. It's time for Rod's rant of the day. Hold on to your butts. All right, um, the Rod's rant is an NFL-related rant, and it's actually about the Texans. We'll get to the Cowboys here and start breaking that down, the Cowboys and the 49ers, but not enough talk about C.J. Stroud and the remarkable start of his career. Um, I read in an article in, in uh, Cron.com that he actually now is hosting teammates for, for dinner with private chefs almost every night. And uh, Tank Dell is always there, and, and Mechie's always there, and a lot of the players, they're making it part of their weekly routine. They go to dinner 
uh, at C.J. Stroud's house. He's got his private chef. And apparently he's been doing it since his before his last year there at Ohio State. So it's not something new. This is just part of him you know, growing and evolving as a leader and a franchise quarterback. Uh, but the, the, the Texans right now are giddy about what they're watching with C.J. Stroud. I'll give you a couple of stats real quick. And finally, the, the, the fact, uh, the first nugget um, about C.J. Stroud's performance is really having to do with his offensive line. Because you can't talk about his performance until you talk about the deficit <laughs> that he's working with uh, in terms of pass protection and the offensive line. The, the Texans have had the most injured offensive line in the NFL through the first four weeks, it's been a mash unit. Essentially, they've had the worst O-line in the NFL through the first uh, four weeks. Kendrick Green, torn meniscus, left guard out, left tackle, left guard, Josh Jones, he missed one game with a hand. Kenyon Green, left guard out for the season with a shoulder injury. Titus Howard, injury reserve. Uh, Center Drew Scruggs, injury reserve. Uh, Left tackle, uh, Laramie Tunsil missed three games with a knee. The center, Quisenberry, torn MCL, ACL. Nobody has had a uh, has had that struggle with injuries on the O-line as much as the Texans. They're a mass unit. But in the midst of that, C.J. Stroud is putting together arguably the greatest start to uh, an NFL career for a quarterback. Crazy to say that, but here are some of the stats. So C.J. Stroud, 970 yards in the last three weeks. That's the most in the NFL in that time span. He's fourth overall in passing yards total with over 1,200 passing yards. He's completing 62% of his passes, six touchdowns, zero interceptions, nine yards per attempt, a 100.6 passer rating right now. And his sack percentage is lower than the NFL average. Pressures per sack also lower than the NFL average. He's 14th and 19th in those two categories. And the blitz per sack numbers are also lower than the average. He's number 20 right now among quarterbacks. Considering what his offensive line is right now, the worst and the most injured offensive line in the NFL, it is extraordinary what C.J. Stroud is doing to start his career. He joined Aaron Rodgers. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, Drew Brees, Tom Brady, and Peyton Manning as the only quarterbacks in NFL history to throw for at least 1,200 yards without an interception in their first four games of any season. Not just a rookie season, of any season. But he's doing it as a rookie. He listen to the names: Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady, and Peyton Manning. That's the group that he's in. That's unbelievable. He has the second most passing yards through the first four games in NFL history. Only Cam Newton. Had more third most pass attempts by a rookie without an interception. I think Dak Prescott and Tua uh, were at a higher number, 176 and 152. He's at 151. First quarterback to throw for 200-plus yards uh, in each of his first four career games. And on third and fourth down, the money downs, guys, the money downs. He's completing 69% of his passes for 490 yards and four touchdowns. And the Texans offense now ranks in uh, passing yards per game. They're fourth. And uh, points per game total, uh, points per game, they are 15th. And if you go look at uh, rushing yards, actually 26. So he's not getting any help in the from the running game. He's not getting any help from a veteran, stable offensive line. He's just going out there and dealing as a young rookie quarterback. It is unbelievable yeah. what he's doing right now. He, it's crazy. It is. Uh, the numbers are staggering. And let's also consider this, and I think Nico mm-hmm. Collins is a good receiver, second-year guy out of Michigan, but it's not like he's throwing to 
you know, Duper and Clayton here, right? He's not throwing to great point too. These receivers, he's making them better. Yeah, uh, because I think one of the questions you would have had for him, like if you would have told me these numbers before a game was played, and I had, I would have said, well, Damian Pierce is off to a great start. They're running the ball like crazy, and that's setting up play action. And you know, no, no, he's having to carry the offense as a rookie. That's yep. the thing, because Damian Pierce, if you saw the Steeler game, that was his best game. He looked explosive. They run a lot of toss to the outside. Uh, but you know he really is carrying the offense, and you and I are one of the some of the few that watch every game. Very few. Uh, <laughs> he's carrying the offense, and it's not the most talented offense, nope. right? No, not at all. Dalton Schultz caught a touchdown pass last week on a on a halfback pass from Devin Singletary in the red zone. That's really the first big catch he's had on this team. Uh, it's just it's he and Tank Dell, it's he and Nico Collins. Uh, it's really impressive. Now, I mean, those numbers just speak for themselves. I mean, not much more to say. He's doing something no quarterback's ever done. Yeah. Uh, and all of a sudden, Texans who started 0 and 2 are now 2 and 2, and they're playing the Atlanta Falcons this week, <laughs> who started 2 and 0 and are now 2 and 2 because they've lost two in a row and their offense has gone to bed. This can, if the Texans can get over 500 after this this schedule, as they get their offensive line healthier, because as you said, it's been a mash unit. But the only one that's not coming back. Uh, for the year, I believe, is Kenyon Green, the yep, big left right. guard out of A&M. Yeah, the rest of them are coming Everyone back. else are planning to be back. Laramie Tunsil, Titus Howard, Shaq Mason's still there. <laughs> Juice Scruggs is, is supposed to be back at some point in October, the starting center who they drafted out of Penn State. So if you consider everything you just said, and then you add four offensive linemen back, which would then give them a stronger running game for Damian Pierce, yeah, this is all of a sudden a team that starts threatening people in this AFC South, and yep. you can't say they can't because they won in Jacksonville, turned around and beat a Pittsburgh team who was 2-1 and one on the year and really humiliated that Steelers team who had just yeah, won man. the previous Sunday night uh, against the Raiders. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and, and they're moving the ball against good defenses. Jacksonville and Pittsburgh, a couple of the best. Um, that that was really impressive, what he did in that game. And Nico Collins becoming a really good player in this league, too. Thank yep. you to C.J. Stroud. Yeah, no, it is. It's a remarkable what they're doing. And remember before the draft – you know, there are a lot of negative reports about C.J. Stroud. You know, we hypothesized, at least me and Patrick and I did on the show, and I know you watch a lot of Texans games too, that obviously somebody was trying to drop C.J. Stroud's draft stock. We just couldn't figure out where they were coming from, who had the motivation, uh, who had the incentive to try to put stuff out there to drop his draft stock. Remember the S2 cognition scores? Mike Lombardi, the insider, Rio. was the first guy to really go there. Mike, yeah, he, remember Mike he, Lombardi? Yeah. He started talking about how he's a, he's a system quarterback and, um, you know, the, the wide receiver talent around them at Ohio State may have distorted the evaluation. And there was even talk that, you know, he's he's not necessarily a great leader, that kind of stuff. I mean, there was just all this, you know, negative uh, draft talk about C.J. Stroud. And I don't know if it actually dropped, dropped his draft stock uh, or not. I mean, he still got drafted number two overall. But what I will say is that one of the conspiracy theories that I'm willing to at least entertain is that maybe the Texans were doing it because they knew how good he was and they didn't want Bryce Young. And they were like, no, nah, I don't want the, the the Panthers to decide to go C.J. Stroud over Bryce Young because there was some talk of that, even though Bryce Young was considered by far and away to be the top prospect. There was some talk that C.J. Stroud, after his workout, really impressed that that staff of the Panthers and they might end up you know, uh, pulling a stunt and deciding to draft C.J. Stroud first. Uh, I think maybe you know there was some team, the Texans could have been one of them, trying to draft that, to drop that draft stock of C.J. Stroud just so they could get him. And if that was the case, brilliant move if that was the Texans who were doing it because they got their guy. And he is a, that is a home run draft pick by the Texans. Oh, and Will Anderson, by the way, also a home run draft pick by the Texans. Both of them seem to be working out really well. 
Well, that's good because the more games they can win and stay near 500, the the worse draft pick the Cardinals will get and oh, the better yes. that pick will look uh, because you know, the immediate fear was the Arizona Cardinals would have the first and second or first and third pick in the draft. If the Texans stay on this path, that won't be the case. And uh, the Texans still own the Browns' first-round pick, so Houston mm-hmm. fans are rooting for the Browns to lose every game. Ooh, <laughs> forget about that. Well, for other reasons, too, because Deshaun Watson's there. They want, yeah, they want exactly. Deshaun Watson to feel a lot of pain and, and heartbreak. Want, <laughs> uh, they'd like to take another big piece. All right, we'll be back. Maybe go get Marvin Harrison Jr., right? Hey, <laughs> no, yeah, you go. Hey, we come back. It'll be uh, set list ATX. Nick Shuley is in the house. Also give us latest, the latest on uh, NIL activities with the Longhorns. They had a big one last week. Uh, we got uh, not just set list ATS. It's ACL Fest week. Hey, First of hey two, now. Nickel Guidus. Let's go. It's hook them up. Time for set list ATX, and yeah, that's the Foo Fighters. They're going to be the headliner on Saturday night at ACL Fest. That is part of your set list ATX. By the way, before we get Nick Shuley involved and tell you about what's coming, how about the Texas Fight Rally and Parade tonight down on campus to get ready for the OU game featuring Big, uh, big before, X the Plug? Big X the Plug? Is that how we say that? Big X the Plug? Yeah, I think it is. Sounds great to me. Come on, Nick. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I don't know much about Big X the Plug. Big X to plug the plug. I don't know. I don't either. Yeah, well, I don't, <laughs> I, I'm not gonna I'll lie. Be honest. I, don't. <laughs> I, I don't. I'm not that familiar with. I'll I'll look him up though. Right now, he's gonna be performing. Right? Yes, he is. Yeah, the, uh, the 2023 Texas Fight Rally Parade. If you uh, sh- line up on Guadalupe Street between 25th and 21st, right there by the co-op between at 7:30, then the parade, the rally to the front of the UT Tower, and I think that's where. Big X to Thug will be playing. X. <laughs> the plug. The plug. The plug. Sorry. Different than Lena the plug. Don't get them. Don't, don't mix those up because you'll get some. Very you'll get different. Some very, <laughs> what did you say? Lena what? The plug. You know, that's very different though. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm looking that up. Don't look that up. Don't, so don't Google that. Whole other weekend. Not safe for work type stuff. Don't do that. Yeah. Different plugs for different reasons. All right. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Yeah, I don't know why he's called the plug. I guess because he's plugged in. I don't know. Yeah, he's got the hookup. He's, ah, he's got go. a really See? good song. It's uh, he's got one banger. It's called Texas. No, oh, there, oh, really? there we go. Oh, that's yeah. a little city that man. that it, makes sense. Does it? Is it? Does it have cussing in it? Is it clean? I got the clean one pulled up. Oh, can we hear it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Come on, Big X the plug. I want to hear it with, with Cole Dixon. Dallas, Texas. Oh, the Cole one makes sure it's the clean. Let me, let me make sure it's the <laughs> clean version. You have to do that, Cole, because sometimes they will say clean, and their version of clean is like, yeah. oh, the N-word's all good. It's like, no, it's not. That's not clean. I'm going to preview, and I'll, I'll let <laughs> you know when we come that back. Is, Cole, Cole. You, that's Great. why you're a professional, brother. Great you idea. almost got everybody fired. Protect the license at all times. <laughs> He's like, oh, no, that's clean. Protect the license. <laughs> that's great. Hey. Okay, Nick. So um, Nick Shuley is here, president of the Austin Music yes. Movement, uh, set list ATX every Wednesday, and it's a big music weekend. Uh, as all Longhorn fans are geeked up, and I certainly am, we're going up to Dallas and back for our watch parties and everything. The weather is cooling off, and all music fans everywhere coming from all over the world are excited to see 
temperatures in the 70s for the weekend. Oh, I can't. I can't even begin to talk about how excited I am about the temperature. It, you know, it's it it very rarely falls on like a cool weekend. Mm. ACL does. Like, it, I mean, it, it, you guys know anybody that's been. It's a. It's always pretty warm, but every once in a while we get these little moments, Ooh. and it's oh, it's so nice, man. It's gonna be so nice. Fall, baby. Serendipitous. Fall, uh, the weather baby. drops right in time for one of the biggest weekends of the year. Let's hope it sticks around for a while, but. Uh, uh, and in addition, one of the cool things, Rod, about ACL Fest is it's two weeks now. But like, so between weeks, you'll have great band music next Monday through Thursday. Oh, uh, and- get your sleep right now because <laughs> to, to, tonight is about your last night to uh, to get sleep because there's so much good stuff every single night. It, right. it really is well, packed. Let's run through some of it tonight. Uh, Scoot in Moody Center and Emos are where we're going. Yeah, we got the tallest man on earth is playing Scoot in. It's uh, hmm. it's really cool. It's kind of it doesn't it's uh, Swedish kind of folk music, very quiet, very very good singer songwriter stuff. And then a group that I was researching because I didn't know them, but they're playing the Moody Center, so I figured they're pretty big. Los Temerarios, and they are they're defined as Grupera music is nice. the type of music they are if they're mm. from Mexico. Oh, that'll be packed. It will be. And then uh, Macy Peters will be at Emos, and she's uh, she's kind of a British pop artist. She's signed by Ed Sheeran, so kind of in that vein. Okay. And that'll be cool. Thursday, we got a really good ACL taping with uh, up, up-and-coming country music star Britney Spencer. She'll be taping there. Like that. Death Grips are at Emo's. They're playing two shows this week, and they're playing ACL. They're kind of experimental hip-hop. They're out of Sacramento. They're they're very different, but very good. Mm. And then Snarky Puppy, uh, for the jam band folks, they'll be playing Far Out Lounge. That's down my neck of the woods, South Congress. Mine too. And then Balmeray will be at Paramount. They're really kind of beautiful instrumental music. Balmeray. Uh, Balmeray. And then the concert I'm really excited about, there's this band Nightly playing with Knox at the Scoot Inn. I, I, I might swing by that one if I can uh, get some sleep in. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, the Soul Rebels will be at Antones featuring Cam Franklin of the Suffers. And the Soul Rebels are really cool. They've worked with tons of hip-hop artists. They've been kind of the back backing kind of soundscape for a lot of hip-hop stuff. So that'll be really cool. And Cam Franklin from the Suffers, she's super talented. Nice. And then Friday is the kickoff of the big music festival, Austin City Limits Music Fest. And uh, we can go into picks for that later, I guess. Is, uh, I'm assuming Asleep at the Wheel will launch it on Friday morning or I, Friday lunchtime. I, but yeah, they're on there. So, yeah, I mean, that's, that's the their, tradition. That's it's, it's all start yeah. the festival <laughs> concert with Ray Benson and the team. I had to double check. I was like, wait, are they on there? Yeah, yeah, yeah they, that is their thing. So, yeah, we... Uh, we would always start the I festival I got a lot of buddies them. that are there for that show every year, and it starts the weekend, right? Yep. It's Friday, the first show, Ray Benson and the Sleep at the Wheel. Yep, that is that is tradition. the tradition. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> and then uh, there's a, so at a Superstition, there's a good uh, electronic dance group above and beyond playing, and then. Uh, uh, Tosh Sultana will be at Stubbs, and that's kind of uh, spacey Australian kind of indie-ish music. She's got a really cool voice. And then what will will be our ticket giveaway? W.C. Clark, the godfather of Austin's blues, will be nice. at the Saxon Pub, so we'll give some away from that. Joe Abels was very excited to push that one. He loves hmm. W.C. Clark, and it's always a good show. And then Del Water Gap will be at Scoot In. It's uh, indie pop music. And then another really good indie pop artist, uh, shout out to Russell and the folks at C3 who manage Michigander, will be at Ooh, that's three, a big one. 310 at ACL Live. That'll be a cool one. And then uh, one of my personal favorites, Chris Shiflett, will be at Antones. He has one of the best podcasts in Americana music. He also happens to be the guitarist for a group called the Foo Fighters. Oh, wow. So he'll be there, and he's really, really impressive guy. He was a uh, guitarist in one of my favorite groups of all time, No Use for Name, or kind of an old-school punk band. And then he went to uh, 
to the Foo Fighters. And his, he's got uh, a podcast. Oh, he's got a phenomenal podcast it's called Walking the Floor, and he interviews everyone in Americana. It's probably it probably in that genre is the best podcast there is. Wow. He's just with the Foo Fighters, very cool. Yeah, he's hmm. an awesome, awesome guy. And uh, I've I got to uh, when we did Lance Armstrong's podcast, I got to have him. We got to have him on as the guest and. I was dorking out, and uh, Mark Higgs, who was there, you guys know from his voice, he uh, he was making fun of me because Chris, he was telling Chris how big a fan I was, and uh, he's like, oh, you big Foo Fighters fan, and he's like, no, he's not. He likes this old punk band you were in, and he was laughing so hard. He's like, dude, nobody pulls that band out anymore. <laughs> they were my they were my, uh, they were my uh, Warped Tour band, but nice. anyway. Very cool. And then out at Hot Spot in Cedar Park, got a great booking there with Pat Green, always a great good, show. Man. And then a, a big taping at ACL that night. Alanis Morissette wow. would be there. Yeah, that's the first that time is. for her, that's I believe. Uh, yeah, I, I believe so. By the way, I think, by the way, Rod, you know what? I left Mockingbird Saloon last Saturday ahead of the Kansas game to get mm-hmm. back home to do my uh, Inside Texas Watch With Us thing. Oh, yeah. I'm pretty sure Pat Green played one of the frat houses on Saturday morning before the really? Kansas game. Wow. Yes. How'd it you, took, how'd it you, took me a ahead. hell of a time to get out because it was <laughs> – it so, took, oh, I, I had the same traffic issue. That's what that was? Yeah. It was, it was whatever backed one of the, up. Yeah, because yeah. I, I saw the Pat Green tour bus oh, parked in front of the frat house. That's and, a big booking to whatever <laughs> frat or yeah. sorority that was. That actually wow. makes sense because it took me like 20, 30 minutes to get out of that damn parking lot. Yes, that it makes did. sense. Okay. All right. Interesting. I think that was Pat Green. I'm pretty sure. That's a, that's a big right. one. All right, so frat people, hit us up and let us know. Yeah, really Pat Green. Was that you? you know, you or does somebody else have a new bus? It was a mixer. Because uh, there were, because I was as I was leaving, Rod, there were like males and you know the guy and parents were there. I mean, yeah. it was a, probably parents' weekend thing. That it was a parents' weekend. Oh, I he'd be a great right artist that. for that. Yeah. yeah, awesome. And then Saturday we've got the Walkmen at Stubbs, who are an old favorite. I love that group. And then a, a big group, Poolside's doing a DJ set at Superstition. Then at Death Grips again will be at Emos, and then a really cool kind of indie psych rock band, Eve's Tumor. We'll be playing uh, hmm. at Scoot Inn. Yeah. And then uh, Paul Wall will be at Anton's. Paul Wall still touring. The People's Paul Tip, Wall. baby. Man, no doubt. <laughs> and then uh, Marty Stewart, legendary country musician, will be at Paramount. Marty Stewart was a member of uh, Johnny Cash's band, and so he's, uh, okay. he's got some- Country Music Hall yeah, of Fame. That's yeah, cool. he's a Hall of Famer for sure, so that's a big one. And then a, a group I really like, a, a local group that are out of San Marcos, but I believe live in Austin now, the Beatnik Bandits will be doing Empire Control Room. That's a cool one to check out. Uh, and then Sunday, I, there wasn't a t- there actually wasn't a ton of music, but we have ACL uh, Fest. <laughs> we have ACL Fest, but we also have uh, Corey Feldman. Hold on, will be playing from the eighties. That Corey Feldman, yeah, like another two Corys. Yep. I thought he was not living any longer. No, the that's other the, Corey. That's Corey Haynes. That's the other Corey. Oh. Yeah, you know, they, they did a lot of movies together. Yes. The two Corys. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Corey Feldman was mouth on Goonies. <laughs> yeah, and uh, but he, I took the time and listened to his music because I wonder what it sounds like Whoa. and. Uh, yeah, I don't know. What, 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 <laughs> yeah, what, I don't know. He makes what's what's the uh, genre that he's it is making? like weird electronic-y, poppy rap. Wow. I don't even know. It's Man, um, I think people are just going because it's Corey Feldman. Like, hey, I want to see what Corey yeah, Feldman's up to. I'm, I'm worried that's in my Spotify search now because <laughs> I hope my Spotify doesn't take that as a normal thing and start suggesting stuff like that. Now, but this is Corey great. Feldman. Now, he was, remember, what was the movie, Stand By Me? He, he was, was the sta- crazy kid. He was Stand By Me. His dad was in the war. <laughs> and Goonies. I mean, he was in every... a lot of stuff he was in, in, the 80s, in the 80s. He was all over the place, man. He was the heart Both problem. of them, yeah. Haynes and Feldman. Yep. yep. They were everywhere. Haynes and Feldman, yeah. The Corys. The Corys. 
series. All right, Monday. Monday, we got uh, a group that my niece is a huge fan of, and so there, it's very dark, uh, brooding, emotional, uh, uh, emo stuff. Indie emo music. Mm-hmm. Cigarettes after sex will be oh, playing. I like the name. Moody yeah, the name is fantastic. I did not like my niece saying that name. <laughs> so <laughs> That's true anyway, too. but Great it is point. what it is. Great point. I'm daughter uh, now, so you're right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's a Moody. It's going to start amp. for you. Yeah. That's Monday. Moody. Yeah, and then Kimmy Rose does a cool. Uh, has been doing a lot of cool little showcases at uh, Saxon Pub, and she's got Rick Trevino, Rick Trevino, Rosie Flores, and a few others playing the sax, and that one will be really cool. Oh, that's cool. And then Tuesday, man, this week is packed. Tu- Mount Joy will be at Moody Amphitheater. They're huge and really, really catchy group. If you haven't seen them, uh, James McMurtry, as always, will be at the Continental Club. Just wanted to give them a little love. And then the one I will be attending, who I'm a huge fan of, this is good right Wallflowers yeah. will be at Paramount. And seeing that group at Paramount, if you, you know, if you never took the time to explore that group's catalog and get kind of deeper into it, they're a phenomenal band. And uh, having them play the Paramount will just be the most beautiful sound. I'm so excited. I'm taking my dad. My to see wife's that a one. big fan actually. Out of Los Angeles, California. Yeah, yeah Jacob Dylan. <laughs> yep, got, yeah, Bob Dylan's son. Yeah, he's got a famous dad. <laughs> pretty, pretty famous. And then uh, a really cool synth pop group, uh, the Ivy, will be at the ballroom at Spider House down on campus. And then some cool indie dance music, Neil Francis, will be at Scoot In. There you go. Mm. I have a quick music story because uh, last Friday night I attended the Wilco concert, and it was my first show at uh, the Moody Amphitheater. So huge thumbs up. The venue's great. The it's venue gorgeous. is really great. It was a beautiful night. And it's one of those things. That, so Wilco's been playing for, what, 30 years? And... Um, it was like I, as I was going with my buddies, I was like, like they they made this set list for me. Like every song was like, oh man, really? It was like it was like, I had, to you. like if I had sent him a text, Jeff Tweedy a text, hey, can we do this as the set list tonight? It was almost like to it. So it was a great night and had a great time. And Wilco's so good because Wilco has so many songs. They're incredible. I mean, man. they could go any different directions, but uh, they all, they played like all my favorites, which was awesome. Uh, I really liked that amphitheater. That was a lot of fun. I can't wait to go back. Uh, but a cool night and a cool thing. And of course, you have all that music that you just gave us on our set list. And that didn't include ACL Festival. <laughs> That's outside the festival. That's, That's outside the festival. Uh, what are some of your favorite uh, shows at ACL Fest that if you're going, that because we know Kendrick Lamar, the Lumineers are amazing, uh, Maggie Rogers on Friday, Foo Fighters, Shania Twain, the 17, uh, 1975, who you love. That's weekend two only. <laughs> that is true. Alanis mm-hmm. Morissette will play on Saturday night and then tape the, the, t- the uh, ACL TV show later that weekend. Uh, Mumford & Sons, Odessa. Hosier, yeah, 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 are good. Labyrinth. What uh, what bands are you looking at that maybe your people aren't paying attention to? Yeah, so I tried to pick one that's a, a, an artist each day that's a little further down the list that I think you should check out. And on Friday, definitely check out. If you haven't heard Devin Gilfillian, he's phenomenal. It's very uh, soulful music and just really so, great voice. So too. his voice is incredible. Definitely worth going to that one. Saturday, I love this kid out. I think he's out of Dallas originally, but he lives here now. His name's Angel White, and he plays this really cool. Americana music, and uh, that kid is going to, I would put your eyes on him, he's going to be one of the next big ones in that scene. Mm. And then Sunday is an artist that I think a lot of people need to see. I have a feeling this one will be pretty packed. Her name's Madison Cunningham, and she she's actually on tour with Hosier right now, and she got the opening slot on John Mayer's tour in Europe, and oh. she is this phenomenal kind of... Uh, it's like indie, a little a little folkier, but really, really, really cool. So Madison Cunningham, go check that yeah, out. Nice. Unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Madison Cunningham. So that the ACL does this all the time. You're C3. They pick a band, and they're kind of down the list on a Sunday. But between the booking and then the show, they blow up. 
Yep. Like, and it sounds like she is. If John Mayer's taking her out on tour and she's opening for Hosier, that's your, that's a that's a big that she'll be a big act by next year. I think she'll be headlining in a in like five or seven years. Wow. I think she'll be playing late. Madison so she's, Cunningham. She's worth seeing. Always looking for those. I also see the name Ben Queller on there, and he'll, he's playing Saturday. Lives down in Dripping Springs, and of course his son was killed in a car wreck. Ugh. Car situation right after the ice storm, and my wife works for Dripping Springs, and he was a uh, like the he was everybody's favorite kid. Yeah, uh, and I still every time I see his name, it just makes your heart flutter. But uh, go see Ben Queller on Saturday because he's a great great performer. Then you can see Devin Gilfillian. Uh, that's good stuff right there, Nick. That's great Setlist stuff. ATX. I wanted to ask you how the NIL deal go. Last time you were here, we talked about uh, mm. over at Austin Pets Alive. Yeah, All the football actually, players were going over there. Yeah, they did. Uh, like uh, Higgs, uh, I will give it up for Higgs for holding it down. I wasn't able to get over that one because it was my mom's birthday. So that's we, acceptable. We, Happy we birthday, had, mom. <laughs> yeah, we had Kelvin and uh, Kelvin. Kelvin Banks, uh, Malik Muhammad, uh, Jonathan Brooks, Derek Williams, Ryan Watts—a bunch of the guys came out to that. It was a, uh, it was a cool deal, and nice. um, yeah, it's, it was big for. I was telling you guys, Malik is a big, uh, big animal guy, so he was very, uh, very excited to be there. From what I hear, <laughs> we had an event with a small pony once, and I've never seen a kid make a beeline as fast as he did just to sit there and pet the pony and talk to the people. <laughs> it was the pony. It was awesome, man. He's he's such a neat kid, so that was cool. Awesome. Uh, good to know because I'm a Malik Muhammad fan, so yeah. not even more of a fan. He's a, he's a pet guy. He's an animal guy. Somebody, yep. uh, yeah. t- somebody texted said Tosh Sultana on Sunday. Yeah, she's that uh, young girl. Yeah, yeah. She, Former out of Australia. Yeah, we mentioned her. She's playing Stubbs on Friday. That'll oh, be cool. There you go. I like that. And by the way, after I went to the Moody Amphitheater to see Wilco, I I had parked on the other side of Sixth Street because I have a parking pass over there. So I didn't. So I walked the block all the way down Red River. Really cool that time of night to see all the music coming alive. Oh, yeah. and Stubbs mm-hmm. and, and all the, the places through there. Kind of cool. stand out of sidewalk and just kind of walk yeah, up and down here. It's a good yeah. walk. Yeah. I totally walk. agree. And this week will be a good one to do that. This and next week will be great times to do that because everybody's got music because everybody's in town for ACL. Oh, all right, brother. Point. Nick Shuley, president of the Austin Music Movement, also the uh, founder of the Clark Field Creative and working with the uh, Texas One Fund. Always doing great. Thank you, sir. Renaissance yeah. man. Great, great to see you guys. And always. we got to give away Thanks, these Nick. tickets. Let's give yes, away sir. a pair of tickets. See W.C. Clark, the Godfather of Austin Blues, on us and on Nick and on our friend Joe Abel's at Saxon Pub. Caller five. We'll pick up a pair of tickets. Four four seven three seven seven six. We're coming back. Checking out this collision. This is eastbound on West to 290, just off to the west of the Y and Oak Hill. And so, uh, yeah, we're noticing some on-again, off-again delays through there. Of course, the other side is heavy. Uh, Monterey Oaks, that region with the eternal construction that's uh, been going on there. Over at Holly Street, near the northbound access of the interstate, it crashed there. Again, that's on Holly, near Riverside, not on the uh, frontage road itself. And on Riverside at Nooning, we do have a crash reported. West Anderson at Shoal Creek, that one is still on the board. Uh, Research Boulevard headed toward Mopac, still a little delay because of an earlier crash. And southbound Mopac to 22-22, still slow residually, but that crash is done. I'm Don Miller, there's your traffic. Next year, Barbecue in Salado presents Easton Corbin, Friday, October 13th. I just can't love you back. Get your tickets to see Easton Corbin live Friday, October 13th at Johnny Steaks and Barbecue. Purchase online at johnnysteaksandbbq.com. I'm a little more country than Don't miss Easton Corbin at Johnny's in Salado Friday, October 13th. Get your tickets at johnnysteaksandbbq.com. That's johnnysteaksandbbq.com. Horns Texas OU coverage brought to you by One Source Gas, your Texas compressed gas leader. If your business has compressed gas needs and you're looking for a new CO2 or compressed gas provider, call One Source Gas at 512-214-8484 or go to onesourcegasatx.com. 
Texas spirit started with Tito's handmade vodka. Back in the 90s, we had a dream as big as our home state. With grit, determination, and heart, we broke ground on the first legal distillery in Texas. Today, at the center of the craft spirits movement, we're still Texas-made and Texan-owned. Our copper caps line shelves, and we fill glasses with the smoothest juice around. Remember, just because it looks like vodka doesn't mean it tastes like Tito's. 40% alcohol by volume, namely 80 proof, crafted to be savored responsibly. The Horn text line has moved. Join the conversation on the new Horn text line, 512-447-3776. That's 512-447-3776. Aaron Hogan. You just got to keep living, man. Rod Babers. L-I-V-I-N. E and Rod B. On the Horn. Ooh, man. All right, who said it? It is uh, coming off of uh, the music side, so now we got audio that we need to share and play for you and uh, have some fun with. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I have not cultivated any audio to this point. Uh, uh, <laughs> I have not. Who said that? Who said it? Um, I guess we saying that then. Then you saying it. Uh, because Ty's not here. Ty had to leave. He was not feeling yeah, good. He we tried had to go some, today. Um, some technical. Yeah, we had, he had issues, and then we had technical difficulties to start the show, but then he had My some man personal good, issues. So, yes. uh, our man Cole Dixon is back. And, and Cole, Cole, you drive in from, where are you from, from Buda? Kyle. Oh, from Kyle. Dude, Dang. you're a real MVP. Thank you for that, brother. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, hey, man. and so you were out last night. Speaking of nightlife and set list ATX, you went to the uh, comedy show last night, Yeah, correct? Comedy Mothership. Comedy Mothership. Now, that's uh, Joe, Joe, Joe Rogan's place. Yeah, spot. that was my second time going. It was great. I need to do that. Yeah. We just I, went in standby line, and we just got tickets. It's legit. And, and uh, who'd you see? It was Rogan. Um... Man, I'm I, I forget the openers, but uh, it was Rogan and Tony Hinchcliffe and um, man, uh, Dun- oh Duncan Trussell. Okay, and how is the venue, the Comedy Mothership? It's fantastic. It's great. It it is a little cramped. I was telling Rod in the hallway. It is a little cramped, but once you get in there, it's fine. Yeah, but, I mean, it's supposed to be like good comedy clubs. A little cramped, a little yeah. intimate intimacy. Mm-hmm. And uh, how's Rogan? Is he uh, bring? I mean, know his podcast is what what it is, but uh, the experience. But uh, how is he in 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 that venue? It's it's really good. It's it's kind of funny where I've talked to people after, and they think that it's going to be all about conspiracy theories and this and that. It's the it's the opposite. I, I mean, I don't want to give too much away. I think everyone should go out there and see him and support local comedy. But he does mention he's like, if you're getting your vaccine advice from a comedian from a guy on a podcast on a podcast (laughs) that's not a me issue dude yeah you're doing it wrong anyway yeah Yeah. no that's a good point he he does poke fun at himself a lot which is good um i did see it's the first time i've seen it at a comedy show especially with rogan because i've seen him a handful of times people got up and left because they, they do, were offended by stuff. They were, I'm sure. Yeah, they yeah. were. I'm sure. I, that's, they locked their phone awesome. out. That's not the first time I've seen. It. I actually, I went to because I love comedy. I think comedy is like the toughest thing to do in entertainment these days. Go live and just do stand up comedy where people expect you to make them laugh and do it. Um, it happened to Tosh Point oh, when I went to see Tosh Point oh, and it happened when I went to uh, 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 Dave Chappelle. Like people yeah. that were next to us, literally doing certain. I'm not gonna say what kind of jokes. <laughs> they literally, you can tell they got offended and got up and walked out. Yeah, I mean, I don't. Yeah, yeah, that's a new thing. That is a new thing. It's like you're going to see a certain comedian. You should know that comedian style. (laughs) How do you not know that? Yeah, after uh, we went to Blind Pig Pub and we were chatting with some people, and one of the 
one of the girls I was talking to, they said, oh, yeah, we left early because he said this and that. Yeah. Like, okay. But they lock your phone up. They lock your Apple Watch. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't take anything in. Yeah, that's how it was when I went to, like, the, the newer comedy shows because they're testing out material now. Mm-hmm. And like, they don't want people to put it out. On yeah, it, it gets raunchy. By. It gets raunchy. Yeah, but, oh, I yeah. mean, good, good comedy walks the line. I mean, that's the yeah. whole point of it, to yeah, make you uncomfortable. Yeah, we were in Nashville this summer. We went to a comedy club. Great spot. It's kind of the, the big comedy club in Nashville. Um <laughs> And it was great. But, yeah, they take your phone, they lock it up, that yeah. whole thing. And that's fine. Uh, but, you know, shame on those those people for walking out. I mean, I, I, I don't like it, but I guess I understand it on college campuses when they can't play the colleges anymore because – a lot of times when you're at college, you just you're gonna go to the show. You don't even really know who it is, but you shouldn't get offended by comedy, right? You should. It's satire. It's, yeah, it's just. It's like, and they're no. young people, but either way, I mean, you know, don't don't go see comedy for being offended by things. That's ridiculous. The people in front of us, we we're literally inches from the people in front of us, and they left early. and And I look over, I was like, they didn't laugh one time out of, yeah. out of the openers and Joe. They and that's fine. Yeah, and that, yeah, I get it. But if you're not getting your money's worth and that's your money, that's fine. But at the same time, don't you know boycott, protest, you know, boo and hiss and all that kind of stuff. That's the stuff. It's definitely a newer thing, though. Like I said, I, I I've been going to comedy shows a lot. It's like one of the. I don't go to a lot of music shows. I go to a lot of comedy shows when I get a chance. And uh, yeah, I I'm recently noticing that more with some of the big time comedy shows that people will leave. And like I said, when you go to Japan to go to Tosh Point you should know. How his style and what he's gonna talk yeah. about. Why would you be offended by? It? Matter of fact, he's 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 pretty much an equal opportunist. He he offends everybody. Yeah, uh, and some uh, you know, and I so I don't know why well, people. Look, would I get mean, a I think we know the reason, do. right? It's the it's the uh, snowflake generation that's grown up being told they're great and uh, can't be insensitive to anything, right? And they they kind of protect them from anything that's uh, that you know the parents. It's overprotective, folks. And then they get out into the real world. And it's like, oh wait, hold on, this is a little. You can't say that. You can't say that, uh, but yes, that's the comedy realm and uh, young pe- new generation meeting uh, the way we used to be and should be. By the way, yeah, it's making comedy really tough though. That's it why sure is. that's why comedy is basically going to stream. You see, Netflix has basically invested themselves in comedy. Like, hey, we're going to be the comedy still streaming a platform. Great market for it. Oh, an amazing market. I think we need it now more than ever. Yeah, <laughs> agreed. Um, okay, can I give you one uh, piece of audio? And who said that? Who, who said, said that? it? Let's do it. All right. Uh, this. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Tell you. No. Uh, I saw that. That's Nikola Jokic. That is Jokic. He doesn't know who Deion Sanders is. He, he, he He's a member of the Denver Nuggets in Colorado. They don't know who De- Deion Sanders is, who's like the biggest is that, sports star. I'm so glad you played that in Colorado because uh, that's just such – yeah, he's the best player in the basketball player in the world. Yes, he but is. But you know what's even more funny about him? Not that he doesn't know who Deion Sanders is. Most people around him would tell you he really doesn't like playing basketball. <laughs> he's, just, he's just been tall and really good at it's it. It's a job. Yeah. It's like a job for him. You know, he, he can't wait to get back to when he, when, he, when the season's over. Mm-hmm. Remember, he didn't want to go to the victory parade. Remember the, the press conference when oh, they yeah. won the finals? And they were like, Nicole, are you going to be at the, the parade? And he looked at the uh, media guy and said, when is it? Thursday. He's like, no. Thursday? That's that, like three days from now. He's like, I have to go home. <laughs> I have to go home. <laughs> I have to go home. I'm going home. All he wanted to do was go <laughs> home and be with his, with his animals and uh, be on his ranch there. And, uh, yeah, he, he said, I only played, how about this, at the media day, he said he only played basketball a couple times over the summer. <laughs> I could definitely see him being one of those guys that retires out of nowhere. He's like, I'm done. What do you sure. Mean? I'm done. I, <laughs> I won championships. I, I, I was the best at my sport. I got paid a lot of money. I'm done. I'm good. But it's not like he doesn't work on it. He's, it's his job, and he's really good at it. He's really good. And at he it. really works at it. I mean, he's improved every year. It's not like he's slacking off. Remember when Kobe and Shaq would get in fights because Shaq wouldn't work on his game enough and was mm-hmm. making movies and drove Kobe crazy? Oh, yeah. Um, you know, Nicole is not that. No, he's not that. He just genuinely has other interests and doesn't know who Deion Sanders is.
I, yeah, I don't think he cares that much. He's not like on his on his phone looking up sports stories. <laughs> he's just, you know, I think he's just against. Uh, I think Ron thinks he's just uh, more of an introvert. Yeah, and now he's kind of thrust into the spotlight because he's a uh, the best player on the planet at his sport. Yeah, well, that, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, uh, and that's why last year's finals were so much fun because he had to be on the big stage, and we got to the world got to see just how damn good he is. Like he is. folks in Denver, you won back to back MVPs, and you're like, oh my gosh. But yes, he 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 he's the opposite of a lot of athletes today. He wants no no hype. He's like the opposite. No of, he's no Aaron Rodgers, right? No. He wants no drama. Mm-mm. He wants no spotlight. He no. defers to his teammates when it comes time. So he's he's one of the most likable people. But yeah, and of course he grew up in Serbia. Why would he know who Deion Sanders is? Uh, well, just because in Colorado, but he doesn't spend a lot of time in Colorado either. Right. Only when he's got to work. He's been, like, he's been gone all summer. Yeah, he's like, okay, I've been gone. When I got to work, I'll go to Colorado. I'll go to Denver and work. Of that he's unbelievable. Well, how about mm. now? You got Denver and him, and now you got uh, the other best oh, yeah. big in the league is uh, Giannis so, Atentacumpo, and he's got Dame Lillard now. Yeah, oh, yeah. that's going. Cool. This NBA season's that's coming. Make some there's, noise. There's, some, there's some fun to it. Wemby Mania down in San Antonio. That's emo Jimmy. Yeah, emo emo Udoka's already talking about the Rockets being a different team this year. They're ready to go try to win, which is fun in Houston. Uh, kind of follow the suit of the Texans. Damn right. Oof. Hey, we'll get you ready in the uh, 10 o'clock hour for what's popping. Uh, we got uh, Ranger baseball. Rangers can advance to the divisional round. We'll preview the baseball games of today. Also more on uh, Texas OU, obviously, in the big football weekend that it was fast approaching but can't get here fast enough. Let's hook them up with Ian Rodby.